Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. So Andy Murray's out, but Andy Murray, to my mind, is back. We've been saying that for a while, but it really felt like that tonight. He was in a, a dogfight, a four-set battle with Fernando Vadasco. He, he went tooth and nail against him, and it was like old times. It was just absolutely fantastic. This is David Law here alongside Catherine Whitaker on the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and Amazon Prime Video UK, the home of the US Open in the UK. Catherine has been presenting since goodness knows when on telly uh, i think she left the hotel lobby that we're in at the moment about oh 14 15 hours ago but here she is still just before midnight to talk to you on the tennis podcast Catherine, how are you doing it's just so much to talk about isn't there yeah i'm i'm doing okay i'm doing okay i'm a shell of a person david that's the real answer so this is what i look like some of the time isn't it yeah yes. i'm experiencing a touch of the david laws um but still want to talk about i don't quite feel like i've talked about tennis enough today david no. i want to do another half an hour of it here we go let's do found it. the right place let's start with andy murray because <laughs> where else to start uh, uh, there are a couple of matches still going on at the moment but murray dominates the landscape and and the feel of the place today because honestly it did feel like old times today didn't it i know it's fernando vadasco's second win out of 15 against him but it felt like a win for murray to me i don't know what you thought <laughs> i don't think it feels like a win, a win to murray no. <laughs> it might feel like a win for i know what you mean but i think I think he's... I didn't go to his press conference, David, because we were on air. I don't know whether you did. I don't know whether you spoke to him. Um, But I think he'll be furious to have lost that. And I think that's a brilliant thing. Yeah. Mm. Was he furious? I I mean, look, I'm sure he was. was. I think he was disappointed. He was actually very candid about that. Uh, You know, that as much as I think he felt encouraged... Yes, he was right in it there, and and he could have won today. I, I think I think if you if you put him six months on, if that was at the Australian Open, and he doesn't have any setbacks between now and then, and if he's able to play half a dozen tournaments, couple of rounds each or something, I think he wins that match. Yeah, I think so too. Exactly. I, I, I see. I, I think it was one of the. F- 
one of the first, if not the first. I mean, I think it's only the ninth match that Andy Murray's played this year. Um, I think so. His first match back, as it were, that hasn't been dominated in terms of narrative by his injury or his comeback or his movement or, you know, items relating to Andy Murray troubles, as they were. Um, You know, it was just a sort of classic Andy Murray match he might not have been playing his 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 best but it was classic it was a classic Andy Murray tennis match um and I think Fernando Vidasco did very very well to hold his nerve because for a lot of that match his nerve was wavering I mean that's say he had the proper yips on his second serve and Andy Murray knew it was exploiting it was playing mind games with him he was practically sabering on the return for most of, of the first set and a half. I mean, he really yes. was standing that far in and it got in the head of Fernando Vidasco and then he decided to to back off a bit and the double faults did relent from, from Vidasco. But then, and, and that's to Vidasco's credit as well, that, you know, he somehow found a way to, to hold his nerve. And then, and then that final game, 12 minutes, was it? 12 yeah, and a half 12, minutes? 12 and a half minutes. Um, three, three or four match points saved, was, multiple breakback points. It was a classic Andy Murray match within a match. Um, and, yeah, it had everything. I could watch that game back. I mean, I think even, even I think neutrals were, were, wish, were willing... Uh, Andy Murray to break back there and to, mm. to at least take it into a tie break to, to give us more of that You felt that, that battle. in the stadium, for sure. The yeah. crowd were... And, 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 it, and it just built the tension even more for Vanasco, didn't it? Yeah, if, it just feels like one of those days on Arthur Ashe today, doesn't it? Given what happened with Sloane Stevens and Kalanina beforehand, it just seemed like someone had st- set the stage and gone, OK, it's time for the US Open to, to catch fire now. Let's, and actually, it was... Today was a great advert for the fact that they are only have two matches on Arthur Ashe now because yeah. both of them were good and yet you still didn't massively delay the evening session. They felt centre stage. They got the proper billing, didn't they? And it was just great. What a great ticket to have. I mean, I know it can backfire and it can go the other way and people might end up feeling shortchanged with just two matches, but it was, it was brilliant. There was a lot of angst out there today a lot of arguments between Andy Murray and umpire and and Andy Murray and even Vadasco disagreeing about when they went off the court for the heat rule Andy Murray came back onto the court and said basically that nobody's keeping the rules here you guys don't even know what the rules are Fernando Vadasco the heat rule is not supposed to be talking to his coach he is talking to somebody turns out or at least Vidasco's version of events is that he was talking to Marcus Bagdatis and his coach yeah was it a case of mistaken identity Fernando Vidasco's uh, Marcus Bagdatis being mistaken for Fernando Vidasco's coach um yeah so either, either yeah either it's that or it, I mean how are they not uh, you know the, these guys if they take a bathroom break they're practically followed into the stall yes. so how in a 10 minute heat rule break can, can the same vigilance not be applied? It seems strange. One thing I noted from the press conference given by the, uh, the USDA spokesperson yesterday that was put up to de- deliver the news about the brand new heat policy, one thing that was noted from it was that he said it is, their players, it is the players' responsibility to get themselves back onto court at the right time. 
Um, so at that point, I made a mental note of the fact that, so hang on a second, there's no sort of chaperone type person mm. whose responsibility it is to do that. But and we had surely issues they today must with be, that. Surely they must be monitored in some way. Well, Cameron Norrie had his heat time out and he was accompanied by somebody and they ended up going to the press room for his time out because he said it's the coolest place with the air conditioning and I mean it is a fridge the uh, the, the media cafe I'm telling you but Cameron Norrie said he was he had somebody with him he checked how long they'd been it was sort of nine minutes 15 went back to the court and the chair umpire said no no you've been 10 minutes 45 and he he, he basically penalized him so I don't quite get this because it it is a replica of, of the rule that's existed in women's tennis for some time. So just that that's been working. Mm. <laughs> just do do whatever they've been doing. I mean, the blokes might. Well, I mean, I think Daniela mentioned it on your coverage. The women know what to do because yeah. they've been doing it for years. Yeah, Whereas, the, just, uh, you know, Novak Djokovic is diving in into, in, into the wise baths with his trunks on. Can you know, the USTA not just go and talk to a WTA supervisor and say, can you give us your list of rules and so we can copy them? <laughs> can you get your players to tell our <laughs> yeah. players what happens in a 10-minute break? I mean, break? it's great for us to have something so spicy to talk about. Yeah, yes. Andy Murray sat there on court spitting teeth. He came came back from the heat break about three minutes early didn't he to play his yes. mind games and he sat there having a good old bitch about <laughs> what Fernando Vadasco is up to in the locker room incidentally about the fact that he he came back to the court earlier we had Jim Courier in our studio um throughout that match giving some some really fascinating insights and as soon as they went off for the heat break which I don't think it looked like Murray was particularly bothered about taking I mean he didn't protest too much but I think had it been just up to him he'd have He'd have passed. He did say he'd been reading up on it beforehand, and he decided he was going to take a cold, cold shower, change his clothes, and get back out. So he kind of planned it. But I know what you mean. And I then think the, a Marcus Bagdatis lookalike interfered with his plans. <laughs> um, uh, Jim Courier said he said he thought it was really unlikely that Murray would take an ice bath because he thinks that wouldn't be good good for the hip. He, he was speculating because he doesn't know the, the you know the ins and outs of that hip injury, but he thought it probably wouldn't be good to cool the hip down. It probably needed to stay warm and there's probably a big warm-up process involved yes. with getting that hip ready to play. So he predicted that there probably wouldn't be any side-by-side naked ice baths for, <laughs> for Andy Murray and Fernando Vadasco today. OK, well... <laughs> Seems like Jim was right because they, they, they were getting on too well at that particular point. Um, so Murray out. Uh, he was asked afterwards, "Do you have any doubts that you won't be able to make it back to the top of the game?" And he said, "Well, of course I have doubts." What's the you top know? of the game? Number one. That's the top yeah. of the game. I, I mean, mean, I don't know. I, th- I think just to be a really relevant force again, I think is the gist of it. Um, and I think he does, he already said, I do have doubts because I, I just don't know. I don't know what's going to happen next week, uh, yeah, etc. He's, he's nothing but doubts. There's more doubts than anything else. There's, I mean, that doesn't, what does he have certainty about at the moment other than that he wants to? But he, I think he has more, he would have more confidence about well, his prospects after tonight. Confidence, is how I feel. but no certainty. No, of course not. I mentioned Norrie as well, Catherine. He went out in, in four sets, so British interest over in the singles after just three days. I mean, it's, it's felt pretty dramatic, but crikey, we're not used to this. <laughs> it certainly felt pretty dramatic when Cameron Norrie and Andy Murray were 
locked in extraordinarily long what turned out to be final games at exactly the same time. I mean, the score lines were identical. It was going juice advantage, juice advantage, you know, swinging between uh, match points and break back points. Yeah. it's no exaggeration to say simultaneously I mean it was extraordinary it was as if their fates were tethered together and in fact their fates were seemingly they were Uh, there was a moment where on on five live I I, I was commentating and uh, and I simultaneously said Murray saves set uh, match point Norrie saves match point British hopes in the singles are still alive and it didn't last long but there we are Uh, so that's happened Andy Murray's out Um, means we won't get Andy Murray against Juan Martin Del Potro but Del Potro today sounded like he was just awesome he just absolutely destroyed his opponent yeah uh, he's brushing people aside isn't he and and conservation of of energy for him I think is a big deal early early on especially in these kind of conditions I don't know I just instinctively there's probably no physiology behind this but I instinctively feel like the big guys take it hard you know if you remember was it two or three years ago you had that day with all the retirements mm. really similar circumstances and I remember John Isner really suffered and Milos Raonic really suffered and I don't, I don't know I just instinctively feel like the big guys take it hard although having said that he's from Argentina and isn't it quite hot in Argentina it is quite hot in Argentina but it, actually if you think back to last year when he was winning epics now he may still have to win epics to go deep here but he needs to not yes. get embroiled in too many epics against Dominic Team. And he, he's he's now got Fernando Vidasco in, yeah, in, well, in the third round. I mean, having said all that, that feels like an epic, maybe, doesn't it? I see. I think I no. think Del Potro could probably handle him. Brush him aside with with the power that he's hitting the ball with. I think he'll 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 be all right. I would have thought, but we'll we'll, we'll wait and see. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. 
Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. You mentioned the first match of the day on Arthur Ashe, Sloane Stevens was pushed to the limit by somebody I don't think I've ever seen play before, but boy, did we enjoy saying her name. Annalena Kalanina. I mean, that is just a song. Annalena Kalanina from Kiev. Oh, so good. Yeah, she'd never even played a top 40 player before today, let alone beaten one. She only had one top 100 victory, and that wasn't at tour level. That was over Taylor Townsend. I mean, she's come from nowhere. It's her first Grand Slam main draw. She's 21, so she's not quite as young as you would expect for for those kind of stats. But nonetheless, mm. I mean, all the analysis I've heard is that she played a really smart tactical game against Sloane Stevens. that obviously really done her homework and... Sloane Stevens kind of reverted to being a little bit too defensive yeah, and, and her serve was off. And, I and mean, crucially. I, I saw a bit of your coverage when Jim Courier was, was in your studio and he, he just said, my goodness, she is knocking the cover off the ball, this uh, young woman from, from Kiev. Say her name, David. Annalena Kalanina. Yeah. Awesome. I, I don't really fancy commentating at a million miles an hour <laughs> on that one particularly, but anyway, it was a 4 6 Seven five six two for for Stevens, but again a and big win for her. It didn't feel like a, a six two final set either, did it? It was no. more it was more competitive and nail biting than that. Um, and I, this feels really big for Sloane Stevens for me. I think perhaps unfairly, especially given you know her recent battles with with Simona Halep this year. Um, there are other examples too, but those are the ones that spring to mind. I think, we, well, I personally am, and I'm sure I'm not alone, are guilty of thinking of Stevens in terms of a, a, in quite a binary way. She's either on or she's not. It's either seamless and amazing and overpowering and brilliant, or it's just not her day and it can be a bit of a horror show. Um, we don't really necessarily think of her as winning ugly and, and gritting her teeth. Now, obviously, she can do that, but, but. Uh, it's not necessarily the first thing that has always sprung to my mind. So for that reason, this feels huge. The kind of so when, it wasn't ugly today. So winning ugly is, is unfair, but it was not her best day. I mean, but she fought. Hard. She fought so hard. She wanted it so so much. Um, yeah, and as I say, we can often think of Sloane as sometimes seeming as if she can take it or leave it a bit. Mm. Well, there's no questioning whether she has that attitude towards certainly this tournament and I would hope you know tennis in general I'm not saying there aren't going to be off weeks and and performances where it where still where it looks like she can take it or leave it she's always going to be slightly that kind of player but there's definitely a step up in intensity and maturity and and yeah for for me (laughs) For me, as somebody that picked Simona Halep pre-tournament, <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm entitled to a second pick, not in official Tennis Podcast Predictions League terms, but in spirit, I'm yes. entitled to a second pick. And after today, I might just go for, for Sloane Stevens. Okay, well, 
I've got a Yulia Gerga-sized hole in my quarterfinal lineup at the moment because she's lost to Ekaterina Makarova today. But any, enough of that. Uh, talking of uh, amazing American players on Arthur Ashe Stadium court today, Serena Williams has just uh, won through 6-2-6-2 against Karina Witoft. I just watched that while you were on the bus, David, did getting you? lost on the bus. Oh, I did get lost on the bus, you're right. Um, and Serena, I mean, we're not exactly fashion correspondents here on the Tennis Podcast, but I do feel like... Just a, just a brief word on the Serena dress today, because I don't think I've ever seen quite anything like what she was wearing on a tennis court before. Really? It was very uh, dramatic, I thought. Oh. Uh, I find it... I mean... Yeah. Uh, really? Well, because it was a tutu. Yes. I found this sort of sock shoe bit a bit weird. But okay. the rest of it, I, I mean... I I'm not. I'm. I'm not offended by it. I don't. I, it's fine. Maybe the view from I, the I, I commentary box. Of all at the, the top. things that you know, people have. What, into, if you're putting like Zverev in knee-high socks <laughs> at the top of the scale, <laughs> if you're calling that a ten, I would call Serena's outfit a four. In terms of drama. In terms of drama. Statement. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but you kind of liked it, even uh, so. Uh, I'm not going to be. Care. I'm not going to be dishing out $900 for one any time soon. Um, I like that she does her own thing. Okay, um, fine. Uh, <laughs> now you can see why we don't get into the fashion here on the Tennis Podcast. I like that she doesn't give a damn what the Tennis Podcast thinks of what she's wearing. So do I. Anyway, her tennis is pretty good. 6262 sure against... i tuning in nonetheless. Karina Wertoff. Hi, Serena. She was um, really good. She was better than in the first round. And she's going to play against Venus. No. Yeah, that's a toughie, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I, I didn't watch Venus's uh, win today over Camilla Georgie, but straight sets over Georgie mm. in, in tough conditions. Uh, a woman that, you know, suffers from a, a, a condition, Shogun syndrome, that, you know, already hampers her in terms of, you know, dealing with lethargy and fatigue and joint pain and... <laughs> <laughs> all of the things that I'd imagine could be easily exacerbated by these sorts of conditions. So, I mean, yeah, she's incredible. Um, and she spoke really well on the court. Her face kind of lit up um, when she talked about playing Serena. And she referenced the last time they met at the Australian in the Australian Open final last year. I had to actually double-check that that was last year because so much has happened. I mean, yes. Serena's... Serena's baby isn't even one year old yet. Um, I mean, yeah, and and she said, uh, Serena, you know, she was uh, she was two against one that day. Is what Venus had to say <laughs> about that match. So uh, matches, it should be more of a fair fight this time. Matches. Have you ever been to a match between Serena and Venus here at the U.S. Open? I haven't. No. Because. I've been here, for, I was just looking at the head-to-head, I've been here for three of them, and, and I remember 2008, um, I don't remember an atmosphere at the US Open like watching Serena against Venus, it, it's, it's so much bigger than a tennis match here, it, it, it's, it's what the locals want above all else, I think they'd love to have a Federer-Nadal match one day, but there's nothing like Serena against Venus. It's like the whole country seems to stop. It's this just big event, and everybody dresses up to come to it. You know, it feels like one of those like people are going to some sort of massive Oscars ceremony or film premiere or something. It's it's just a really 
It's a big night out. What should I wear? You're going to be nervous. Whatever you, whatever you have to wear on the telly. I don't really know. All right, I'll keep my false eyelashes on then. Right, OK. I'll, I'll, ha- I'll have mine on too. It's definitely going to be a night session, isn't it? Yes, it is. A couple of days' time. But what it be Friday night? Friday night. Oh. I mean, it's the dr- ESPN are rubbing their hands together. <laughs> it's the absolute dream. I mean, I... I after watching that the uh, documentary that Serena did, not the most recent one, being Serena, the one one before that about the year when she was chasing the uh, the calendar year slam, I I was so I was as as much struck by Venus as I was by Serena in that how because they played that year at Wimbledon, didn't they? And so um, the documentary really really covered in depth that and just. The protectiveness of Venus over Serena as an older sister and how fantastically difficult she in particular um, finds those matches. And This will be their 30th. And, yeah, and, and her... Uh, yeah, their, their, embrace, their embraces at the net and what Venus, you know, sort of whispers in her sisters that you know it's okay mm. I think yeah. that's what she said at Wimbledon wasn't it she said yeah. you know it's okay and, it, it must be uh, so oh, hard I mean, to do and there, there are so I mean there are plenty of things in sport that that we find you know <laughs> unrelatable in quite an abstract way we'll never hit the forehand like Roger Federer anything even close to Roger Federer but there is there is literally I think and I don't know if you can think of one. There is literally nobody else on the planet that can get anywhere even close to empathising or relating to, to what they experience when they place one another, play mm. one another, I don't think. Nothing even close. Like, can you imagine having, a, having something like that? It must be lonely. I, yeah. I, I guess they've got one another in it, but... That, but I mean, I, I, I just you might I can't say the, the Brownlee brothers in the triathlon, but the yeah. difference is they're against a whole field. You, it's so isolated, isn't it? You're on a tennis court. There's only you two on that blue bit of the tennis court. There's a net between you, and you're basically trying to ruin each other's day. It, yeah, so, something about you're right. That that's a really really good example. But something about that one-to-one, head-to-head battle, you're each standing on the baseline and you're looking at one another in the eye. I mean, I, I, you, you know, I've... <laughs> I, can you imagine doing that with your sister? I can't, I mean, I'd like to ace my brother a few times, yeah. but I, can't, I wouldn't want to deny him Grand Slam glory. I think I could take my sister out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that's a win for me, personally. <laughs> anyway, I hope she's not hearing that. Um, Oh, hello. Somebody else is in the hotel. That's, that's not for us. Very excited. They want to be on the tennis podcast. They don't even know what it is. Um, well, they're, they're on the tennis podcast. <laughs> uh, Denis Shapovalov <gasps> came back from two sets to one down to win in five. Just watch, watched it. Just watched it. He did really well. Really, really Wasn't well. Wasn't it like seven, six in the third, fifth or something? Or uh, six, it was four. Uh, six four in the fifth. Six four, four in the fifth close, over uh, Andres Andres yes, Seppi. Yeah. Um, and he plays somebody in. He plays Isner next. Oh my goodness! No, he, he doesn't. He plays Kevin Anderson next. Sorry, not that uh, tall big servers are interchangeable. Tall people generally are great, <laughs> as far as I can see. He plays Kevin Anderson next, and uh, oh, I, I was I was about to make an unsolicited prediction there, but I'm, Go on. I'm just not gonna. Pile, no, no, I, I don't know. Five sets? I, I think Anderson will win. Mm. 
He's too experienced. He is, I tell you what. Is Kevin Anderson going to win the US Open? Kevin Anderson is a winning machine. For, for a player who is somewhat limited as, as a tennis player, I mean, he's a big guy, big serve, big forehand, but he is a limited tennis mm. player relative to some of the other top players Absolutely. of the game. He is just knocking it out of the park in terms of producing and reaching his potential. You know, Wimbledon final, US Open final last year, part of the conversation here, coming back and beating Ryan Harrison while cramping. I mean, it's impressive. Marty Fish just said on ESPN commentary that he thinks John Isner can win the Open. Discuss. I I think he gets involved in too many epics. Well, he did one today. Yeah, <laughs> Five I sets. do. I, I mean, I like, I like Marty. I respect him. And he may be right. I may be wrong. But I think that's a bit of a hometown call i think i think the american players they love their compatriots and 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 their friends and i i I respect them for it and i understand it but i think that that is not going to happen personally um who's he got next let's see uh, we've got Vavrinka against Raonic yeah. next Vavrinka got a win and Vavrinka so got a, a really good win in I think it was straight sets or four sets four was it against Umber, Umber of, uh, Ugo France. Umber and uh, John Isner will play against Dusan Lajevic who beat Cameron Norrie I would think Isner would win that look he, may, he might go deep but I think he will probably run into somebody who will take him out I, I think in that half of the draw Del Potro is more likely to uh, to, to knock him out if, if they get to that point but anyway we will see it all unfold as it goes along but I, I think that's a, a great win for, for Shapovalov to have won in five but it, I would have it, thought Anderson would have beaten him yes it's a pass loss today in the grudge match against Medvedev yes. bit of a disappointing one I, I think four sets I, I think he struggled in, that, in yeah, those temperatures he, he also he messed still... up the heat rule he, he didn't Did he? take it because he didn't know he got it <laughs> and Medvedev didn't want it really no, well, no, I presume so. Because if one of them wants it, they yes, have to take it. They'd have had to take it. So they didn't take it. So, hang on, is it not? Is it not incumbent on the umpire to make it clear? Well, I think that this is another one of the teething problems <laughs> that are well, being endured. Dominic Team won in five, coming back from two sets to one. Yeah, down. just just now. There's an If we mentioned his name, I mean, he's no. just not in the conversation, just is don't, he? Don't Amazing. expect him really to to. But he ought to be. Come on, Dominic. Mm, I just I can't see it. No, I, I can't either. I'm not saying. I mean, Sloan Stevens yeah. against Victoria Azarenka I next. Oh. And I tell you what, Victoria Azarenka was good. She dismissed Daria Gavrilova. Kept yes. on waiting for the fight back, you know, because that's what Gavrilova does. She just doesn't go away. She bobs around her ponytail, <laughs> bouncing around <laughs> behind her. You know, doesn't go away. Runs and runs and runs and. She was just being so aggressive as a ranker, really hitting the sweet spot, and um, I think she's still going to lose to Sloane Stevens. Do you? Okay. Well, um, just before we, we very briefly have a look at the order of play, I'll tell you. Inst- I mean, we've got Nadal, who's about to go set up. It looks like against Vasek Pospisil. Uh, I'll come on if if he ends up losing, but it doesn't look he like ain't he will. Gonna. Nah, it's not going to happen. Um, the, this story has, has grown with Elise Corne, hasn't it, today? And uh, first, the USTA have released their statement in which they have admitted they, they, their umpire got it wrong. And the rule, it was quite interesting because they were trying to hide behind the fact that the, that the warning was given because Elise Corne changed her shirt while not sitting in her chair. Um, but they also said that we've clarified the rule and effectively sort of 
changed, changed it, it so that it can't happen again. So which bit have they changed? But anyway, then the WTA came out very strongly and said that this this was really not right, that she should not have been warned and that she did nothing wrong. And uh, they, they were really quite critical of the, uh, the USTA. Yeah, and interesting, the, the order of release of those statements. You know, you'd have think that... <laughs> WTA would have released their one first and sort of the USTA change in policy would have been a follow-up to that. It kind of felt like, I mean, I, I didn't disagree with anything in the, in the WTA statement. I thought it was bang on, but I thought it was kind of hammering a nail into the coffin given the USTA had already said, mm. we, we got this wrong and, and we're going to change things from now on. But um, very, very, very... Um, startling revelation from Daniela Hantikova in our studio off the back of discussion of, of this and she she actually said before those statements came out she she knew the rule was that you could do so in your chair because she said one of her sponsors when she was younger um, offered her a deal to deliberately change her top at every change of sets she refused the deal um, but she was offered a pay deal to to do that, um, and I mean it's it's, it's utterly startling, isn't it? isn't it? I mean, and that's you know, I, I, it would be surprising if that was occurring in a vacuum and a and a one-off incident. Uh, it, yeah, I'm I'm pretty speechless about mm. it. Really, pretty speechless about yeah. that as a, as a revelation. Um, yeah. yeah. Associations are getting a lot punchier at the moment, in particular, with all their statements, and and I think it's an it's an example of I think I think yes, lines are being drawn, teeth are sharpening, and people are really making their presence felt in the associations at the moment. Yeah, well, tennis is kind of in battle, isn't it? Tennis mm. is at war seems a slight exaggeration but you know some kind of strong language applies here there's tennis, a lot of tension out there more than tension mm. really a lot um, of maneuvering so yeah maneuvering um lines in sand being drawn battle you know it's it's turf war. i mean you know we're relative tennis insiders um and yet i still think there's probably layers upon layers upon layers of politics that we have no idea are even going on yes. david no, um right. and it's probably best for us be in the dark about it because i'm sure there's some unpalatable stuff yes um and ignorance is sometimes bliss it is so let's talk about the order of play tomorrow quickly uh, it starts with with angelique kerber against johanna larson on the arthur ash stadium court at 12 then roger federer in the day session roger federer in the yeah. day session against benoit Pair. if he's not on he's going to get exposed a bit there Hmm. He's talking up a good game about how Cincinnati final wasn't a big deal because conditions were so different in Cincinnati. A lot quicker, didn't feel he had the time to properly control his forehand. Um, if that's a bluff, um, then Ben Marpeur can expose him a bit. I'm hmm. not necessarily saying beat him, but we'll know more than we know than we know after seeing the Nishioka match. He's more vulnerable in the day sessions. Uh, without question, Without yeah. question. Novak Djokovic then against Tennis Sangren in the evening session at seven. Then the ultimate 
night session player, Maria Sharapova, who's 21-0, apparently, uh, in the night. She's up against Sorana Castella. Uh, on the Louis Armstrong court, Petra Kvitera against Wang. Uh, Alexander Zverev follows him against Nikola Mahu. I can't really see Mahu hurting Zverev, to be honest. I saw Lendl on the practice court with Zverev earlier, David. He had that look in his eye. <laughs> <laughs> he fancies it. <laughs> the Lendl look, yeah. Oh dear. Uh, Madison yeah. Keys after that. Uh, and in the evening session, Gail Monfils against Kei Nishikori. Oh, I want to go and watch that. Yeah, second round. That's it's good. absurd, isn't it? Then Caroline Wozniacki. Any other little gems to pick out? Nick Kyrgios um, against Sabalenka, Ebert. David, against Vonareva. Oh, that's going to be very yeah. loud and tasty. Uh, over on court number 13. Uh, first up is that match and I did just see one when I was flicking past just now uh, just a quick word I, oh who does Nick Kyrgios play uh, he's up against uh, Pierre, Pierre Hugues Hebert yeah yes so uh, Kyrgios who is uh, making his presence felt on social media and arguing with lots of people at the moment yeah he's he, I'm surprised given that he deleted that controversial tweet um in relation to Stefano Tsitsipas, um, I'm surprised he's going down that road again. <laughs> it's Nick Kyrgios. He, he, yeah. well, he changes his mind every five, ten minutes. Oh, I find it difficult, though, because I, I can't laugh this off, because I find it's, you know, I like Nick Kyrgios. I do probably forgive him too much because I just sort of fundamentally feel like he is a, 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 a you know just a good egg but being a bit this, silly about this though isn't he I think silly is too dismissive I mean it's is it not borderline bullying mm, I'd say it's piss taking he's taking he's teasing um, and, and it's just a bit you know in a public forum leave the bloke alone in a public forum where your, 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 mate, where your mates I mean, are piling in I mean leave Sitsipas alone come on now he's alright yeah um, Even anyway. if he wasn't all right, I'd, I don't know. It, it leaves a a bitter taste in in my mouth. Yeah, I I, I would. It, there's a bit of me that does want to say to him, just back off, right? Yeah, and just and and aside from anything else, like he's not an 18 year old kid anymore. Like sort of playground stuff. Like it's like all the on court stuff. Like yeah, you're cool, and you know I I, I enjoy a bit of it. But is it going to be cool when you're 30 and Mm. And still an underachiever. Is is this stuff cool? Is he going to beat Ebert? Yeah, he's going to beat Ebert. Unless, he, you know, unless he, you know, he, one of his limbs falls off, you know, like it can Let's do every now doesn't. and then. But yeah. uh, Kyrgios Federer would be quite nice for round three. Please, uh, just a word on Eugenie Bouchard, who came through qualifying here, is actually playing pretty well. So it'll be interesting to see whether she can keep it up. Alex Dibonor against Francis Tiafo. That is a tasty match that I would quite like to see as well. That's about it, Catherine. It's time for bed, I think. It's time for you to go and rest up. Oh, the magic words. Yes, because it's ex- sleep is like extended naps, Catherine, which is just <laughs> yeah. your, your dreamland. Uh, so Catherine will be back on Amazon Prime Video UK presenting their coverage brilliantly, I should add, because she's been superb so far. Um, and she will be doing that from uh, 10 30 local time 3 30 in yes. the uk tomorrow with a pre-game show and then they're live after that um i will be on bbc radio in the afternoon uh, we have been the tennis podcast brought to you in association with the telegraph and amazon prime um we are executive produced by melanie bose by triple s tennisballs.com charlie the ferret is our mascot the manga club is our sponsor and it's bedtime good night 
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bun of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.